Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to A Doctor and a Lawyer Walk Into a Podcast. I'm your North Texas attorney, Sean. The date is April the 8th, 2023. Happy Easter, happy Passover. I'm here with my good friend, as always, Dr. Blom. How are you doing, Dr. Blom? Hey, Sean Esquire. Great to hear from you. Hello, everyone. Happy to be here. Really excited. Happy Easter, everyone. Happy Passover. Uh, this was a better second recording because I got the date on the uh, the initial entry there, Doctor. Nailed Bob. it right out of the gates. Already, already on top of it. No mea culpa for me so far. So far, uh, so far, so good. We're a minute, a minute in, looking so, <laughs> downhill from here. All downhill from here. <laughs> so, uh, it, speaking of mea culpa, I don't believe I had any last podcast. I have yet to review the audio footage from that, and probably won't. But. Um, <laughs> I remember you recording, and it was an interesting recording last time. Yeah, infamous uh, episode seven. So uh, you kind of have a you have a mea culpa with an asterisk. My mea culpa is like level ten, full on mea culpa, <laughs> because what happened was somebody said, "Hey, we'll do uh, it'll be podcasting time like nine ish, ten ish a.m. as we frequently do," and I had worked the night before. So I said, that's cool. Uh, finish work, get a drink or so, uh, grab some Mexican food, ready to go. And then uh, what happened was that there was a huge lag of time. And then by the time we got started, I was probably I was probably a six pack deep at that time. And so if you you may or may not have noticed a lot of slurring, uh, repeating myself, just generally enjoying the day. So shame on me for enjoying my day and enjoying uh some beer that a lot of people put blood sweat and tears into so i'm not the bad guy here uh if anyone's the bad guy it's the guy that said hey we'll start nine-ish because you'll be you know you'll have like two beers in you which is the sweet spot if you're like golfing or or whatever uh probably not <laughs> probably not if you're going to do surgery and then uh at a certain point there then it's like oh yeah so that's a that's a huge mea culpa on my end. Let me cover a couple of the of, of the intricacies of, of my mea culpa. Uh, we had talked about betting, which again uh, I, I'm a huge fan of. Spend good time and money on your betting. I said Egyptian cotton like 90 times. I realized that there are other bettings for whatever reason. That's the one I landed on. I'm, I'm aware betting. of this. Yeah. It sounded like you were saying betting for a second there, like like wagering. <clears throat> yeah, you know. Uh, no one to hold them, no one to fold them. Uh, Egyptian cotton, sateen, those things. Uh, we talked. I, I talked extensively about Marvin Gaye. Many mm -hmm. uh, probably overdid it a little bit. I, I love Marvin Gaye, but I kind of came off sounding like the Marvin Gaye family needs to get a restraining order against me. He's dead, by the way, so you know I won't be I won't be stalking him <laughs> uh, via via seance. So uh, sorry to the Marvin Gaye family that I that I overdid it there. I misquoted Thomas Jefferson. That's a huge, huge shame on me. TJ. <laughs> T Jizzle. Uh, the <laughs> democracy. Uh, the newspaper is the Bible of democracy. That is not from Thomas Jefferson. That's actually from a famous journalist named Walter Lippmann. He's so famous that I had to look him up. And uh, what else was on my end? Of, of course, the media journalist would say that about the media. Right. <laughs> that makes way more sense. He's like, I don't know if you know how important we are 
um, I'm going to just say the Bible. Like that's how, <laughs> that's how important we are. A little book you might've heard of called <laughs> the Bible. Maybe, maybe you've heard of God's word. Maybe, maybe, you know, better than God. That's a, that's on you. Um, we had, what else? I think we had, we had said banking cartels. And, and again, we want to stress our, undying love for the banking industry these are banking friends so we don't want it to uh, i don't want to be brushing my teeth and see a sniper laser pointer on me but we're we are more than happy to talk about what's going on in the banking industry that's not really uh, that again that's not on us and also for my end yeah i think overall just just blinded by my own passion the mm-hmm. <laughs> between between marvin gay was very upset i was like ah he's 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 dead he's been dead for a long time uh i had said something to the effect of love everyone around you uh, this is the part of the drinking where you <laughs> get too sentimental <laughs> you don't have to love everyone not everyone deserves love let me just let me just <laughs> clarify that i think maybe our listeners in our head were like is this guy uh playing with a hacky sack what's going on hacky sack and joke you know you don't have to love everyone uh, that's that was me being overly emotional. Sorry about that. Uh, some people are scumbags. And embrace that for sure. And uh, apparently, my catchphrase is "I'm cool with that." That's my that's my drunk catchphrase. I didn't <laughs> should record myself. I should record myself drunk more often so I know all of my cool catchphrases. So we're gonna make my... that we're gonna make that into a sound drop where I'm... we just have a button that we push. I'm cool with that. That's our that's our merch, man. <laughs> so... Yeah, put it on a shirt. Is that the doctor that's cool with that? Like, yes, yes. Well, it depends on what did you put inside of yourself and how much do I have to be involved? So I might not be cool with that, by the way, everybody. So <laughs> I think that's most of my mea culpa. But again, my mea culpa is completely overshadowed, overshadowed by someone else's mea culpa that was like, oh, a uh, nine-ish. And then there was, a, then there was some, some uh, enjoying of the day. Not going to mm-hmm. apologize for that. And then that's how that's how we landed on that. So very sorry to everyone. Life is about moderation, uh, including moderating moderation. And uh, going forward, we're gonna, you know, I'm not gonna make any promises. Next time might be even worse. <laughs> next time, next time I might hit 11 a.m. and be like, it's whiskey time. Let's do this. Which brings us to our next point, Doctor Blom. Hey, oh, there it is. It is beer talk beer of the week, beer of the podcast. This week, I am drinking a Accumulation IPA by New Belgium. So it's not a fruity beer. Well, I say that. Let's find out. No, it does have a little bit. You probably wouldn't like this at all. I thought you, last time I talked to you, I think you did like, you did like a fruit punch IPA. I did. I, it was the same brewery. It was called uh, Fruit Force. Oh, God. The, the Air Force pilot helmet. It's a on a, fruit on, on a mango. Is there like a mango yeah. dressed up like Tom Cruise from Top Gun? It, it's on a it's on a fruit punch IPA. Holy uh, hell. Does that beer come with the purse and pantyhose? How does it? <laughs> it comes with 9% alcohol by volume. I know that much. So that is a little deceptive because they're like, come on, come on in. Hey, are you worried about scurvy? We got you. You don't have to worry <laughs> about scurvy. You know, like, okay, that's cool. Thanks for putting fruit in my beer, which I don't want. 
Um, how about liver failure? They're like, don't, don't, uh, we don't need to get into that. Scurvy, scurvy wise, you are covered with our, with our very, uh, highly effeminate starring on Broadway, fruit punch, IPA, fruit beer. Yeah. See, know. That, that's, that's why I do this podcast with you. So if I start having liver failure, you can prescribe me something like a new liver. Yeah. Like, <laughs> run me up the list. That's right. I just, uh, that's how liver transplants work i just write a prescription and people are like thanks for the new liver I'm like you got it <laughs> see you at the bar <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna get you, you're gonna get a like triple dinged on your medical billing just because the the chart says liver failure by super effeminate ipa like everyone's <laughs> like oh man the guy that has liver failure from uh from a good old american whiskey we're like okay you know that guy is a uh, He's living his life, whatever the the guy with the liver failure secondary to fruity, fruity tooty <laughs> Russian, Russian fruity whatever IPA, uh, he's he's gonna get bumped down on the list for sure. <laughs> so what are you drinking this uh, this afternoon? So I am I am tried and true on my uh, on my uh, Avita and my Sam Adams. I am home this week, and so uh, that's good. Not uh, not on the road. Uh, hopefully gonna do some uh, some travel soon so nothing major on my on my beer end uh again i'm amber beer guy i've got my two or three that uh that have been doing great and sadly uh, one day i will burn out on those and probably not go back but as of right now abita is my go-to amber if i can find it and i'm well aware we've covered this sam adams not really not really an amber but it's a lager and uh and i like it it gets it gets the job done not not too heavy not too light and definitely no uh no fruity fruity tooty bs on my end just beer for me thank you well i i've had this nice beer and gotta say it pairs nicely with my meal of the week which is uh guiso a la mexicana which if you're not familiar with uh hispanic food guiso is a stew and uh, this one was done with uh, ribeye steak and jalapenos, and it's you like soups, you like stews, so love stew. It's, it's probably right in that same wheelhouse for you. It's just more Mexican flavored. Yeah, it's great. no Mexican flavor is often the best flavor. Uh, you got a crock pocket, crock crock pot it, or uh, what do you do? Uh, yeah, crock pot or slow simmer on the stovetop. You can go either one. I think if you go crock pot, you definitely don't want to put your steak in too early because it loses the uh, the texture. It's all just going to fall apart like, you know, roast. So you still want it to have like that hearty, it tastes like steak and beefy, but it's got this great flavor stew with it. It's great. Gotcha. Uh, I don't have much of a meal of the week, but I will say any like beef stew situation I highly recommend browning your beef before the crock pot or whatever. Brown it in a skillet and uh, red wine almost every meal, especially a stew. Again, that really works out. So highly recommend anytime you got a beef stew situation, uh, brown brown that beef in the skillet, throw in some red wine, maybe some garlic, go nuts. Makes a huge cool. difference. Yeah. Garlic's always a good option. Always, and always, peppers. always garlic. Yeah. Oh, definitely peppers. So no, no other meal tips for me for this week. So we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to get into product review. And we're back, Dr. Blom. Next up, product reviews. What do you have So for good, 
So good to be back. So again, we've talked about me traveling for work and that you need creature comforts when you travel for work. One of the things that I've really uh, that I've really enjoyed is just a, a nice, small, compact travel blender. And um, this Margarita is this come. Yeah, Mar. <laughs> exactly. Yes, this comes in handy dandy. Uh, you're crazy busy. Uh, you, you you're not going to do like a full breakfast. You know, you just want to get like as as many IPA fruity, <laughs> frozen fruity IPAs at 8 a.m. right when you start your shift and get out the door. Yeah, so a good travel blender has has paid for itself is in um, that's that's been really great. Just putting up some fruit, throw some ice in there, maybe some yogurt, got yourself a nice smoothie out the door. Really, really good. Highly recommend because you're always joking like, oh, do you take a crock pot with you? Do you do that? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I fully recommend when you travel for work, if you're driving, take a crock pot, things like that the little travel blender you can actually do uh, plane wise you can't do it as a carry-on i don't i don't think i've ever done mine as a carry-on um but you know you can you can check it so yeah travel blender really really great smoothies i mean smoothies are great you put some peanut butter in there there's some protein very black rifle coffee cup oh yeah oh my god yes a little coffee smoothie oh that sounds great yeah a coffee smoothie (laughs) with some some peanut butter some whey protein, some blueberries, strawberries. You're set. You're you're easily set at least until lunchtime. You might be set until dinner time. So highly recommend. Fantastic. I um I found a new product at Costco. Huh. Shout out to Costco again. The I guess the brand is called four five oh five or forty five. I don't know. Anyway, they're chicharrones, which is essentially a fried pork skin. Uh, but these are vast in tahine, uh, which is like a chili lime flavoring. And I've got to say, these are probably the most addicting chips that I've run across. We were at Costco today, and we picked up four more bags. Um, so I'm going to get fat and happy on fried pork skins, Dr. Blom. Hopefully, I don't have a heart attack. You're rocking, you're, you're rocking the pork during high holiday, during Passover. <laughs> so that's good. That's good. Yeah. good. Good for you. So these are, these are chips, right? Yeah. Well, chicharrones. So pork pigskins. Uh, okay. They're like pork grinds, but they're chips. Yeah. It's essentially the same thing. Okay. You know, I never I'm, thought about that. Why is on Passover, Easter, why is ham like the meat of choice? Who is who is rocking the ham? The Christians? The, I, I, they were right. at Costco today. I, yeah. <laughs> is is Costco uh, predominantly like Christian? Is it is it like a Hobby Lobby? Like, oh, we're crazy. Well, not crazy Christian, but like we're super Christian people. You know, I don't know. I, I don't list like Costco in there with like Chick Fil A and Hobby Lobby. So I don't know what yeah. their religious leanings are. Uh, yeah, I mean that's. That's the thing. If if you don't know when you go there all the time, then they're probably reasonable in terms of their in terms of their uh, not being over the top with their they're religion. They're not extremes or either way. Right. Well, I mean, you know, also, is it extreme to tell people, "Hey, why don't you spend Sunday with your family?" People people <laughs> were really mad. That was a few years ago. Everybody was so mad in San Antonio because. Um, Chick-fil-A, they, they weren't open 
and at the airport because it was Sunday and they and they just said, oh yeah, that's that's we don't do that. And people mm-hmm. were like, we want chicken sandwiches. They're like, <laughs> we we want our people to spend Sundays with their family because that's nice. And they're like, but we want our chicken sandwiches. <laughs> and so, like I'm not a religious person, but I was also like, that's fine. People oh, spend a day with their family. Who Speaking cares? of that. I have a bone to pick with Chick-fil-A. So I had Chick-fil-A this morning. Well, the wife was out and uh, she had a workout deal. And then I was like, hey, we pick up Chick-fil-A on the way back because I don't want to cook this morning. We got a lot of errands to run. She's like, what do you want? I said, get me the bacon, egg and cheese biscuit. I get that pretty much every time. But also I want a the chicken, not the just the chicken filet that goes on the breakfast biscuit. I said, I want the bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit with the chicken filet on there. So I get all the meats. And uh, she gets home. And in the bag, I've got my biscuit. And then in a little foil bag, I have one chicken filet. And I was like, well, could they not just put this on the sandwich? And the guy, she was like, the guy said they didn't do that. It would just have to come on a cart next to it. I was like, how difficult is it for you to take this chicken filet and put it on a biscuit? instead of wasting paper and a whole not- anyways i was yeah I, it's just yeah, they have sense. some accounting thing or whatever i have had chick-fil-a four times in my life three times what? three four times in my life yes and um, and all all three of those were in the last four years or so so i was one of those back in the day that they had that somebody had said hey uh if you eat chick-fil-a uh, they don't like uh, the gay people. I'm like, oh, that's not nice. Don't don't do that. And then eventually, you know how it happens. You just get starving, and you're in society, and you're like, oh my god, mm-hmm. I gotta eat. I'm gonna I'm gonna murder somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was at a mall or something, and there was a lines for. It. I was like, ah, oh, give me give me that give me that chicken sandwich and and uh, some waffle fries. And I'm just like eating it. Like I'm sorry, LGB people. And then I got halfway into it. I was like, you know what? They're going to be okay. It's going to, it's going to work <laughs> out. <laughs> and I was, and I just thought that's a pretty darn, darn good sandwich there. Uh, so I'm, I'm not constantly, Oh, one of the times recently in my three or four times ever that I went there, I had one of their shakes, which was holy mackerel. Uh, yep. Bravo to them. I, I can't remember. It was like a, like a mint thing. That was great. I like, I like a good, spicy chicken sandwich probably at least once a week and uh we all know about their waffle fries so yeah i feel like they're they're getting it done and on top of that i personally know a number of people in the lgbtq community that have that have told me uh yeah we eat it all the time it's delicious we you know we're we're not that mad at them they have their beliefs and we have ours and that's fine they're not uh They're not going to take anyone's rights away from them. So right. I don't know all the intricacies of the politics. I just know, I know a good spicy chicken sandwich when I when I get one. So that's what happened. I, I held out for a long time, just because. Also, I'm not typically big on fast food, uh, but yeah, you get you got to get a spicy chicken sandwich sometime. And their waffle fries definitely live up to the hype. And bravo to that delicious shake, whatever it was I had. I can't. It was a mint thing or whatever. So yeah, they're getting it done. Good job. Yeah. Shout out to Chick-fil-A for their good food, but their lack of condensing everything to make it easier for the consumer. <laughs> also, 
also whatever they're mad about with with the with the gay people or whatever i don't know i don't i don't follow all of their politics so yeah but what else you got going on yeah that that is it for product reviews dr Blom. i think we're going into our favorite part of the podcast here we uh, go this week in history that's my that's my noise for history until we until we get some like like a real sound editing guy yeah what do you it's oh so we are we are doing this week in history now yeah yeah we've we 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 bumped it up we're 2.0 on our history on our history history ing it just it just made more sense you know when we only record once a week uh you got to go from more information for the consumers that are listening to us heaven forbid that you should have a slow history day and then we're, we're both like yeah man i don't know anything about the war of 1812 you want to drive on this one i'm like no <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to drive on that one not at all <laughs> Some, so. somebody fought and somebody <laughs> lost words were said <laughs> feelings were shared blood was shed uh so yeah <laughs> this week in history this is our new our new thing that's that's the the noise that that's happening what what do you have on your end it was a sad week dr blom uh we lost two people in history of this week um april 5th 1994 we lost the great kurt cobain who everybody typically knows from the band nirvana Uh, so i'm from that generation i uh, i cut my teeth on nevermind from 1991 around around september 1991 i remember that whole era very vividly is a visceral time for me in terms and and i'm a huge rock and roll fan obviously so there was a giant leap from the hair bands in the 80s that i never really felt that i had anything to do with and then uh they're like hey we we got all this we got all this uh tights on and we're all we're all singing about partying they had all these great bands in the 90s the sound gardens and the nirvanas and the pearl jams all that so i think it was about september 91 that pearl jam that uh nirvana's nevermind came out changed my life as a as a young man in high school i just completely fell in love with this very raw stripped down it was like the ramones meets the pixies meets the cure and so very much in love from day one so much to the to the fact to the point that i knew exactly where i was you know people talk about oh i know where i was when i heard when i heard that jfk got assassinated like i know exactly where i was when i heard that that kirk Cobain shot himself i was in my car i was about 17 at the time and i pulled over i pulled my car over and i was devastated i was i was very very distraught uh, it's a huge loss so looking back on it now with the with the power of hindsight as as a as a dad and everything you realize the guy was tortured in many ways tortured genius but he had drug addictions he had many many things tremendous loss and he was a dad and that really for myself now that's the biggest part of it you can always look at people and say they were talented in this regard and everything but he was a dad and he 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 left behind a little girl he left behind courtney love and very 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 unfortunately that he was part of the 20s the very infamous 27 club what so was your the, what's your favorite Nirvana song? 
Ooh, man, that is a that is a killer. It it's probably a number of songs from the Unplugged album. Is the okay. Unplugged album? The Unplugged album. I was going to say, "Man Who Sold the World." Yeah, so there's a a lot of songs on the album. Is not those are not their songs. They're doing covers. Right. So my girl, for example, is very old blue standard, old, old blue standard. It's insane that a heroin addict, skinny white boy from outside, very, very outside of Seattle, not Seattle. Mm -hmm. I've been to his hometown, by the way. I've been to that bridge where he hung out and um, I'm blanking on the name right now. Just a very, very, very depressing town. And for a heroin white guy to do a lead belly song like that song and to do it the way he did it, all of that was beyond iconic, just gorgeous in many, many ways. You can hear the pain of his voice, all of that. Uh, and so, you know, it's not unheard of that the 27 club, unfortunately. So it's him, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Janis Joplin, um jim morrison jim morrison oh my god how could i forget that that, that's one of my one of my favorite rock stars ever one of the wife's favorites amy winehouse there you go yeah the the 27 club so huge tremendous loss uh to to everyone in general that that kirk Cobain was overcome with his depression and we've talked about before i stressed everyone uh, i've lost family and friends to depression uh, please reach out. Always reach out. People love you. The world is better with you in it than without them without you for sure. And this is, you know, if you have drug problems as well, he had, he had it all. He had drug problems. All of that is not insurmountable in any way, shape or form. Uh, unfortunately see those things on a regular basis. Help is there. Please, 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 please reach out. Please people, people love you. The world needs you for sure. So we we lost Kurt Cobain, but also, unfortunately, in 1968, we also lost MLK. Yep, Dr. King uh, was assassinated April 4th, 1968. Uh, he was shot standing on the balcony outside his second-story room. Uh, he stayed at the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee, and he was killed at the age of 39. So, 39. It is it is tremendous to think about how much he he accomplished by the young age of thirty nine. Changed the world, yeah. and was and and was definitely, you know, for someone to die at at, at thirty nine and he continues to change the world. Just his legacy alone changes the world for better. That's how powerful MLK was. That's that's how indelible he was. The, the bigger picture for him is that the U.S. government, and we've talked about many times, uh, the FBI, J. J. Edgar Hoover, cross-dressing, <laughs> cross-dressing uh, J. Edgar Hoover, he had a, a he had a file on him. This is this back then, you know, FBI was going after MLK. They were going after John Lennon. They were going after people for nothing, just for people, just just for walking around talking about love yeah speaking out about what speaking out about equality Equality, like that's what the uh, yeah against the war in vietnam which 
the U.S. had an interest in. Um, just like you said, equal rights for everyone, you know, regardless of skin color. That that was nobody should be treated differently. And um, he was one of the greatest voices in the civil rights era movement uh, to fight for that. And, you know, we still celebrate him today. And like you said, at such a young age, uh, it's sad to, to see that you wonder what else he could have accomplished and pushed for, you know. And it was equal rights for everybody. Equal pay, uh, being treated fairly, desegregation, um, just a insurmountable legacy when it comes to civil rights and, and equal rights now you look back on it now and, and you think it wasn't just a bunch of idiot hillbillies that hated this guy the federal government you know fbi mm-hmm. was constantly constantly trying to trying to take him down they had uh reached out him to him and said oh we're gonna we're gonna tell your wife about your affairs they told him that flat out that you should you should kill yourself uh just you know this is our federal government that was going after people they had they had files on mlk and john lennon and frank sinatra i mean frank sinatra had mob ties so there was there was that but this is not that long ago you know, 19 1968 is not a thousand years ago that our that our federal government tax dollars were being spent on taking down MLK because he was, he had a legacy of love that he was talking about. Like that's that the federal government was that terrified about it. I have a clip that I want to play for you. And this is, this is going to tie into our uh, conspiracy section, but I had sent you a clip earlier this week that there was documented proof that the federal government was involved in the assassination of MLK. So this is a guy, famous guy named Judge uh, Joe Brown talking about that James Earl Ray, the supposed assassin of MLK. And, and again, a lot of similarities, similarities with the assassination of JFK either did not act alone or maybe did not act uh, at all, that he was a patsy. So this is Judge Joe Brown talking about the assassination of MLK. Scientific methodology excluded that rifle from being the murder weapon. The bullet they pull out of King's body has a rate of rifling twist of one turn in every 11 and a quarter inches. The rifle that Ray had had a rate of rifling twist of one turn in every 10 inches and a bad manufacturing defect that is not apparent on the death slug. Uh, he was shot with an XM-21. It's a 7.62 by 51 millimeter NATO caliber weapon with a special stainless steel barrel, a three to nine telescopic sight modified by a company known as Leatherwood. It was a Redfield sight. And they use special subsonic ammunition with a suppressor on the end to reduce the velocity of the bullet to below supersonic to confuse the sound signature. The shot came from the dormitory in the fire station through a window that had been slightly parted. They were several feet inside. It was a two-man team, a spotter and a shooter. <laughs> 
That's what he got killed by. Uh, if you shoot somebody at that closer range, which was about 50, 60 yards, with a 30 caliber rifle anywhere in the torso, if the individual is standing next to an emergency room, it's a non-survivable wound. But what they did is they took a head shot they almost missed because the bullet was reduced in velocity. It hit King on the right cheek, took out some molars, wrecked his tongue, came out between his jaws, left the body, hit his clavicle, ricocheted under the skin that covered the clavicle, nicked his carotid artery, went over his right shoulder, down across the back and lodged between the left scapula and his back skin. And the bullet never penetrated his thorax. Now that sounds a little weird, but it's not uncommon. So he bled out from the nick carotid artery, and they almost missed the shot. That was Judge Joe Brown talking about the assassination of MLK. Very, very eerily similar when we when we think about Lee Harvey Oswald and him being the lone assassin. And it seems like. I mean, the hair stands up on my on, on my body, the amount of the lone gunman narrative. So I think, like many things, we, we may never know the true story, but this is common knowledge that a number of people in the MLK family have come out on record saying, oh, yeah, either one of two things, either... Uh, Either there was he was not the lone gunman, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or he wasn't involved at all. So very very similar to a lot of the the theories with with JFK and just a tremendously horrible time. And you feel like, yeah, the government was involved. Looking back on it, and and that there'll there'll be no real justice despite all those things. You get ballistic reports and forensics and. I'm a huge fan of, of I'm a huge fan of the forensic files, all the true crime stuff, and you watch these things, and then you say, "Oh, well, none of that stuff applies when it comes to JFK and uh, Robert Kennedy and MLK and uh, all of it." So it's it's terrifying and it's nauseating and it's real. This this stuff happened not that long ago. Yeah. Um, well, let's get into some, I guess, better times in history, Doctor Blom. Uh, going way back, April 5th, 1792. Uh, this was under President George Washington, the first president of the United States. Exercised... Oh, great. Who, who shot him? <laughs> who, who, by the way, spoke with a British accent, I'm pretty sure. Uh... <laughs> we, we never got into the fact that, that, yes, our founding fathers did have British accents, but we, what we never, I guess we should have done a mea culpa, is that, that well, you know, there's more than one British accent. And so... <laughs> Speaking of... <laughs> right. Some of these guys had very formal, hey, oh, blimey. So, yeah, there could have been that whole like, working class. Sometimes when I think about Thomas Jefferson writing the Constitution, I think about him being very Cockney <laughs> accents. So, yeah, I'm sorry. So back on April 5th of 1792, he exercised the first presidential veto 
in history for the United States, uh, vetoing a congressional bill that was going to introduce a new plan for dividing House seats in the House of Representatives that would have increased the amount of seats for northern states as opposed to the southern states. So the northern states would have had, a, I guess, a larger uh, members to vote and get what they wanted. Now, Washington, he was from one of the southern states. He was from the state of Virginia. Um, ultimately, Congress could have overruled uh, President Washington with a two-thirds vote. So even though he vetoed it, Congress could have said, oh, we disagree with the president. But uh, Thomas Jefferson, who was there, uh, it was able to work out a new bill with Congress providing that representatives would be numbered based on state population, which is what we still do. Uh, it would apportion representatives at the ratio of one representative for every 33,000 people in their state. Uh, so first use of the veto and fun fact here, Washington only ever did one other veto during his presidential run and that was an act that would have reduced the number of cavalry units in the army uh, which we all know he was the leader of the army that eventually took down england uh, and the revolutionary war so that we are where we're at today being able to do this podcast dr Baum. so he vetoed the act to reduce the number of cavalry yeah, they, they were going to try to reduce the army size. And, and he, he said, said, "No, we we got it. We got to get some more troops." Exactly. Oh uh, yeah, he was he was. I mean, he wasn't a wartime president, but he he was a wartime president more or less. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, they were like, "Hey, you kicked the ass out of the English, so I guess we'll make you president of the United States." Which right. This is kind of off topic here, but I've always thought because of that and because of the military backing, you know, they, they call you the commander in chief because you're essentially the head of the armed forces. Uh, I do feel like our presidents today, in order to be commander in chief, I feel like you need to have served in one of our branches. I, I, I think if you're going to send people into battle, that maybe you should have some background in having been there yourself. Because that's year, the only, two years, that's the only way you're going to know, like, the risks, right? It's easy to sit Monday morning quarterback from the outside when your life's not in jeopardy. Um, and we've kind of gotten away from that. So maybe we need a new rule where we have a president and then some head official with the Pentagon that's the commander in chief if the president has never served. Right. Yeah, I don't disagree with that 100 percent. Uh, a thousand percent at all uh but also i i think that somewhere in there there needs to be some you can't just have carte blanche just cutting checks to the pentagon indefinitely mm -hmm. and say oh you know we're going to do this we're going to do that so um i understand the spirit of hey listen you're sending our young men and women into to possible sometimes certain death mm -hmm. they have to make those decisions Although these days it's like drone attacks and eventually it'll be robots. Uh, so I, I, I understand. I, I agree with all of that. I am. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I'm hundred percent that we, that they have to have some military, whatever I would say they have to have some type of 
real education. Looks like they have to prove that they know how to think and they know how to take into consideration uh, collateral damage and everything else that, that no one else does. So, yeah, because I, I mean, when yeah. you think about it, like you get to a presidential campaign and it's, you know, uh, a contest of who can get the most votes, right. Or at least when the electoral college and we've got some people in, in Congress that were probably both are going, they're not the brightest person that probably needs to be there leading our country. Uh, do you really want this person to, possibly get to the point of being president and then they've got their fingers on the button or the right to send troops into battle (laughs) it's a very strange design because i don't think that the founding fathers had that you know oh that you're going to be a statesman right so at some point you have to have diplomacy skills Mm -hmm. but also you have to have the idea oh i'm going to hit this button i'm going to i'm going to kill millions and millions of people or i'm gonna i'm gonna trigger world war three so again like a lot of things like i know a hot hot button topic gun rights uh things now aren't like they were then and definitely we we should change with the times we should you know we should evolve with the times and that's a very strange oh you're you're a military you're a general so you've been in the army for 34 your entire life 30 40 50 years and now this guy who i'll give i'll give i'll be a devil's advocate and i'll say used to be a reality tv show guy and now he has the nuclear codes and he's telling you how to do your job so yeah i mean and you you think about it when when our country was founded it was we just won a war to get independence right our mindset was the president has the power to ramp up the military, call them into action. But what was it for at that time? It was for defense, right? We were worried about a secondary invasion, but the thought of nuclear weapons wasn't even a thought or a concept. There was no concept of someday there's gonna be a weapon that can destroy an entire country in 30 seconds. I I think, and and again, I'm assuming, I think from from the get-go, the assumption would be well, there's this joint chiefs, these military experts that have been doing this for 30, 40, 50 years, and that you're just kind of along for the ride for, for these four years or eight years, you should probably listen to your military advisors. But then you think about guys like JFK, and he had his military advisors that were saying, we got a, we got a new Cuba, we got a new Cuba. And he was a voice of reason. And he said, no, hey, 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 hey. If we do that, the world is done. So right. from what I understand, uh, JFK and his, and his brother saved the world and neither one of those guys, I mean, well, it's not a great example because they had military, they had military background. I think JFK <laughs> was in the Navy. JFK was mil- was Navy intelligence and Robert, I'm not sure. Um, so uh, again, uh, they, they did have military, <laughs> they did have military ex- examples, uh, experience. So um, yeah. I don't think it would be uncalled for. I just, I don't know in this day and age, sometimes you need an outsider. Uh, I could, I could argue either way, but. Yeah. And like I said, like, like they, their mindset at the beginning of this was probably just the defense and protection of America that they knew uh, when it, at some point evolved into, we're going to police the world. 
you know, like when, when did this concept come in of instead of just a defensive reactionary force to, oh, we're going to go on the offensive. For... Yeah, but when you when you roll into the presidency, just know that there's people that have dedicated their lives to national health care, and there's people that have dedicated their lives to uh, nuclear disarmament, and there's people that have dedicated their lives to any policy, diplomacy, litigation that you're trying to do. There are hundreds, if not thousands of people that have been doing that their entire life. And then you show up and you're like, no, listen to me. So that I think is the bigger, the bigger picture, a number of things, education, healthcare, military, all of it. So they should sometimes, uh, I think a, a lot of presidents have said they're only as good as the people that they, uh, their cabinet they're only as good as as their as their team as their advisors and yeah exactly yeah so when you get to dc whatever sean esquire when you're when you're <laughs> running the country just realize there's people that have been doing this for their entire lives and you should definitely 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 listen to the experts listen to them because they've been doing it a heck of a lot longer than you have i i'll i agree with that a hundred percent defer to people a lot smarter than i am but I'm going to vote for you because you're going to lower our taxes and you're going to you're going to fix the uh, the criminal justice system and everything else. Uh, it's it's like a clean slate by the time I get there. I'm just going to fix everything. Uh, all right, Doctor Baum, moving into current events, we've only got a couple things that have really popped out this week, uh, which you kind of know. Not big things. Yeah, I mean, not not major things. There was some big news this week down near your neck of the woods. Uh, I guess I don't know oh, when you, this. You don't want to go national level. You didn't want to go like presidential. No, we'll we'll go <laughs> local first. Okay, that's fine. So there was a protest down in Austin, and I don't know how long ago this was, uh, but a Black Lives Matter protester, I guess, was killed by an Uber driver, a uh, guy named Daniel Perry, who was just convicted this week of murder. There's been no sentencing yet. Uh, and he was in the military. I think he said he was stationed at Fort Hood here in Texas, which brings up some other arguments of why are service members having to do ride shares to earn money? What are we paying them? And, and but two what kind of came out today was that the governor of texas said that he was going to pardon mr perry for this murder conviction do you know when this when this shooting happened because this would have probably been on your local news more than us correct yeah so it was it was covid time ish i remember i want to say off the top of my head uh around 2020 because uh you know as well as anybody else more than anyone else that a lot of the the criminal litigation in particular the, the criminal cases have got very 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 backlogged from covid right mm -hmm. very much you're still dealing with it yeah you're dealing with cases now that were that were, they were they were cooking two 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 and a half years ago yeah 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 actually got open cases from 2020 still uh, yeah exactly so this one and civil yeah, this is not dissimilar to that at all, and so you're correct. This is a this is a, a military gentleman. This is Mr. Daniel Perry, and the 
story and and again i want to stress i don't know all of the the facts from from head to toe that he uh, he was doing uber driving took somebody downtown in the 6th street area and w- dropped them off and then in the process of dropping off this person his car was swarmed with protesters i think black lives matter protesters protesters in general this is where things become kind of ambiguous one of the protesters allegedly may or may not had raised their ak-47 assault rifle Mm -hmm. towards him and him being military guy he had a weapon on him fired at that individual killed that individual and then somebody else fired at him missed him so in the course of the trial they I, I guess they couldn't find anybody that could corroborate his story that the protester individual had actually raised his rifle and also on top of that there is uh supposedly some some video of some sort so this is kind of similar to the the written house thing but i think from my perspective, the Rittenhouse thing was much more cut and dry because the video was was right. just out out there, like from the get go. And you you could watch that and say, "Oh, okay, yeah, that's that's very clear, that's very very clearly self defense," and that's obviously what the jury felt, that's what the judge felt, and everyone everyone else. So, Mister Daniel Perry uh, from the Army, I don't, I don't know his rank. I apologize to. Uh, to the arms, uh, the armed forces for not knowing his rank. That there, there is some ambiguity there. But the other thing is, you're reading all these things online, and they're saying, "Well, uh, they said, uh, he said, oh, his car was swarmed with all these protesters, and then somebody raised the raised a rifle, raised an AK-47 uh, assault rifle at him, and that's when he decided to stand up for himself." And then they said, oh, well, during the trial, they couldn't find anybody that said that uh, that that's what happened. But all the people that they had interviewed for the trial, from my understanding, were the protesters. So the protesters were backing up the protester guy. So uh, And then I've also read online that a number of uh, police officers, police professionals, including lead, invest- lead investigator uh, officer, had said, yeah, that he had he had protected himself, and then now, of course, overnight it's political, and the governor is involved, and so we'll see. It, I, this story is not done by a long shot. I, I would, like we talk about with with uh, the press regarding the Mid East and everything else. There's information, there's disinformation, there's everything in between. So, who knows exactly the facts? Um, but I, I, I just feel like the way it's played out right now, we don't know. We have a bunch of people that are, were protesting and it seems to me like there are a, a lot of that, uh, that they're driving the narrative mm-hmm. and it being downtown Austin, shouldn't there be more cameras? Like, you know, like, like the Rittenhouse thing the cameras were released within, I don't know, it was a week or whatever. And everyone could watch it and say, Oh yeah, that guy, that guy was defending himself period. So if there was cameras going on downtown and I'm sure there were, then uh, I'd, I'd love to see it. Yeah. I, 
like you said, the, the Rittenhouse thing being filmed, recorded, blasted over the internet, uh, you have a better idea of what happened. I, I think the two takeaways that outside of guilt, innocence, things like that, uh, you know, one, I, I talked to you about this a little bit before. I don't like the fact that a governor is just going to come in and pardon um, a criminal defendant immediately after a conviction um, for kind of two reasons. One, we have an appellate system set up in the judicial system to review cases on appeal. Uh, they can they can release a defendant on bond pending an appeal. Um, and, you know, I, I know this is it's a right leaning thing. We have a Republican governor who stands up for gun rights and, and using guns for self-defense and thinks clearly this was a self-defense case. I don't know if Governor Abbott was in the courthouse and watched the trial or, or caught snippets of it, but that's kind of a double-edged sword if your leader of your state is just going to be pardoning people at will just after a conviction. Um, you know, it, what happens if we get a, a Democratic uh, governor in there who wants to give a blanket pardon to somebody that they feel was, was taking the right steps, even though a jury disagrees. Um, so I, I have that concern initially. Uh, and secondary, uh, before you give me your thoughts, why are we not paying service members more that they're having to take on rideshare, Uber, Lyft to make money? Like, I, and I don't know his financial backing. Maybe oh. he was saving up for a ring. I, I, I don't know. Absolutely. But... No, 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 no. That, that was that was one of the first things that, that I had read that. And I thought, okay. And, and again, this is no huge secret. It wasn't that long ago that there was... It was an insane number. It was something like one out of five or one out of six people in the military were on food stamps. It was an insane number and it wasn't that long ago. So again, I don't know the exact numbers, but yeah, it's, it's absolutely abysmal that the, if you can't pay the people that are putting their lives on the line for this mm -hmm. country, then, then what's the point? Cause we've, we've talked about and joked about, Oh, the United States air force, they were spending two thousand dollars for for one cop, one coffee cup. For God's sakes, so we are very, very, very acutely aware of the amount of waste that goes on in the United States military. The Pentagon constantly they they can't account for a trillion dollars or whatever it is on a regular basis. So I agree beyond the shadow of a doubt that that is nauseating that you have an active military person that has to, that has to take on Ubering uh, just to, in order to, to make ends meet. Right. And uh, beyond that regarding the governor getting involved in everything else. Again, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not privy to all of the, the facts and the semantics. Maybe this is a situation where it's become so political because it was it was uh, protesters and everything else because there was a gun involved because it's Texas, because a military guy was involved because they said, Oh, well he had made some statements about not liking protesters. And, and so again, there's a lot of ambiguity there when you start hammering down and you say, okay, well, 
so tell me the the premeditated part did he tell someone i'm going to go downtown and, and kill people because he's a military guy so if he was going to go downtown and kill people and he only killed one person and he's trained military like wouldn't you expect a trained military guy if he was going downtown to kill protesters and he only killed one guy that's yeah. not that doesn't really jive either right so um yeah i i would be i would be very very happy to hear the real facts to see any kind of real video and everything else this story is not done by a long shot and maybe 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 the government maybe, maybe the feds need to get involved on this yeah. obviously but also also it's one of two things either this guy had a gun pointed at him at which point i say what are you supposed to do when somebody points a gun at you? Aren't you supposed to be able to, to defend yourself or this guy didn't have a gun pointed at him. And he just decided after all of these years of being a trained military guy that he would go downtown while Ubering. He, he's an Uber guy and he's like, Oh, I hate protesters. And then uh, his idea of, of, I hate protesters is to, is to gun down. One. And then the other thing was they said, Oh, well he, he drove into a bunch of protesters. No, he did not. No, he the jury said that he did not. Number one, number two, he was doing like 10 miles an hour. So no, he did not plow his car into a bunch of protesters and then start gunning down protesters. None of that is true whatsoever. So again, once you start picking apart one part of the narrative, then you say, okay, well, how much of the rest of it is not true? Mm -hmm. So as of right now, I say, let's, let's hear all the facts. Let's see all the facts. I don't think that this trial is the is the end of the story by a long shot. Uh, I look forward to hearing the uh, the appeals. You know, hopefully in the appeals, everything will come out because right now I don't feel like everything has come out. Yeah. Um, also, in the criminal justice system this week, former President Donald Trump turned himself in on Tuesday, April fourth, for a thirty four count indictment by. Uh, New York grand jury in Manhattan. Uh, this is going to be a long process. Uh, huge, he, huge. He turned himself in fingerprints, photographs. I was like, I was, I was texting you at three in the morning. I was like, what's going on? Give me all of your criminal defense lawyer information <laughs> now. Um, he was, sounds like released on a personal recognizance bond. They say a promise to appear back at court. Uh, got back on his plane, flew down to Mar-a-Lago in Florida, uh, gave a rally there, and uh... yeah. So this is my this is the best uh, arrest in the history of arrest, right? They said, "Hey, you have to come to New York because you're getting arrested." And he said, "Yeah, okay, that's fine." And then so he got on his private jet and flew to New York. And then they said, uh, "Hey, it's uh, it's getting arrested time." And he said, "Okay." And they said, uh, don't, don't worry about the mugshot because there were like 15 news agencies that were like, oh, the mugshot, the mugshot, the mugshot, the mugshot. And then there was, then there was no mugshot. And then they said, well, we're going to get his fingerprints. Like, okay. Okay. And then, and then they're like, and then we're going to arrest him. Like, okay, that's cool. And they're like, well, I mean, he can get back on his private jet and then go back to his mansion. <laughs> so that was, that was arresting arresting trump was uh hey you better fly out here right now mister so that we can get your fingerprints and then no mugshot and then um I, I don't even know that's i don't the think vast, it was a... i was gonna say that's the vast difference because we heard the argument 
you know, from the conservative side of, well, this, if this can happen to Trump, it can happen to anybody. And I was like, do you know how many criminal defendants I have represented? And not once have I had any of them voluntarily fly their private jet go through a walkthrough process, get back on their jet, fly back across the country and say, ah, we'll, we'll be there later. I mean, this is not the, this isn't your average, you know, criminal case uh, process. You know, it's not the SWAT team knocking down your front door at 3 a.m., screaming at your family and putting your cuffs and, and dragging you to the jail where you've got to post well, a bond. Uh, yeah, perfect. The, the, major media was like trump is getting arrested i'm like oh so he's gonna get like an orange jumpsuit and like he's gonna I, there was no mugshot. i don't i don't think there's no way that they put handcuffs on him there right. was there was no, no, no there was no arrest right no so Which, my i will say this it, it's that's some, not, that's not an arrest right in all of your years of of well, oh, I will tell you what the Supreme Court has said, that if you're not free to leave, it's a seizure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he had to turn himself in. I, I will say I've had clients with warrants. I've told them, meet me at the courthouse. Let's go before judge. Let's request a personal recognizance bond on our own. Um, they still have, I, I did this not too long ago with a client. The judge granted a PR bond. Uh, we still had to go to the jail uh, they took their fingerprints, took their photograph, and walked out of there. And, and that, but that's rare, you know. That's... So let me tell you, this is at the end of the day, this is a dude allegedly. I mean, honestly, he, he did. This is a dude that paid off a porn star for a one night stand. And uh, I don't, I don't know. We we had joked about him using con, uh, campaign funds. Like like Trump doesn't just have a hundred and thirty grand laying around or whatever. Here is my list of of better reasons to arrest any president, uh, current or post humorously, lying about the Gulf of Tonkin uh, to go to Vietnam, Watergate, Iran Contra affair, lying about weapons of mass destruction to to invade uh, Iraq, um, invading any sovereign nation spying on millions of u.s citizens and then lying about it to congress uh meta spying on uh, millions of u.s citizens how about literally torture can you think of any president in your lifetime that has literally green-lighted torture of people how about imprisoning people without due process throwing them like it like maybe you throw them in in cuba for example how about um maybe you get a very cush job for your crackhead son and uh and, and use your use your office so many many things that presidents have done in 20 30 40 50 years and none of them got fingerprinted and we're fingerprinting this guy i'm not saying like we shouldn't go after him or whatever. I'm just saying that like there's worse things. How about carpet bombing Southeast Asia? Right. Isn't that kind of bad? Like, don't you think anyone should have been fingerprinted over that at all? Right. And I think that's where like the international court would need to step in and get involved, which, you know, they've said that they've what I think issued a warrant now against Vladimir Putin 
um, the, how are you going to get Putin to appear for court? Is somebody going to walk into Moscow and knock down his door, uh, you know, and, and drag him out? Like, I think that's probably the same thing they're dealing with on this would be, do we drive up to the White House and, and knock in the front door and say, hey, you committed war crimes for carpet bombing Southeast Asia and, and we're going to take you into custody? Uh, yeah, dude, I'm pretty sure McNamara is still alive. I mean, we talk about presidents or whatever, like there's people that committed war crimes for Vietnam that are still alive. There are people that committed war crimes for Iraq and Iran that are still alive. I, I say, I'm sorry, uh, uh, for for Iraq that are still alive. Uh, so we talk about presidents, uh, obviously, uh, there's people from Iran-Contra that are still alive. So... Again, Trump has been investigated, been investigated every day of his life. I don't know, 40 years, 50 years. We spent two years on Russian crew. I'm not saying that like I love Trump. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Trump fan. I'm just saying that the country or, or at least mass media is like, we got to get this guy. He paid off some, <laughs> he paid off some porn star, 130 grand, everybody. Come on. Which is an like, odd amount, right? right? Why is it one hundred thirty thousand? Why is it? It's a It's a billionaire. Like, why is it not an even round number? Isn't he a businessman? I'm pretty sure he could have got her for like eighty grand, right? She maybe she, anyway. Maybe the initial number was two fifty, and they negotiated down to one thirty. She's the smart one here. She was like, "Come on, I'm a porn star, but I'm not like Kenny Shoes porn star, like." I'm not a two, I'm not a two star porn star. Um, but yeah, again, and we, we talk about this all the time, the media in anywhere of this, they're like, we were using tax dollars to literally torture people Mm -hmm. to waterboard people, to violate the Geneva convention just a few years ago. Do you know how I know it was just a few years ago? Because all of those people that were doing it, they're still alive, right? I know Rumsfeld. Rumsfeld is dead, and and uh, but whatever. Um, so these were war crimes. They were documented war crimes, and no one went to jail. And so Watergate, obviously. Uh, and then it's like, oh, it's a presidential pardon, not a big deal. Okay. What about Iran Contra? Oh, that's not a big deal. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> what about like rolling in? What about taking uh, our our young men and women into war on bullshit lies? So people get outraged over, oh, 130000 for this porn star. And they forget about legitimate, literally torture that just happened a few years ago. So I don't know. We, our country has lost its way. People are dumb. People are so dumb. Wake up. Get mad about real stuff, people. Don't get mad about, you know, Trump. I mean, get mad about that if you want. But also, isn't aren't war crimes? Isn't that worse than 130k for hooking up with a gross porn star lady? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I. We'll see what the outcome is with this. I mean, it sounds like it's a fairly weak uh, case argument to be made against him. You know, he's got uh, two other big investigations, the DOJ and the uh, the DA's office in Georgia. So, you know, we'll see what happens with it. But 
the, the legal battles are starting uh, up again, and I guess we'll see what the outcome looks like on this. Yeah, we'll see. What do you? Uh, let's let's close it out on a good note. What uh, what have you been watching this week? What's what's your your haha drama? Oh, so I you I really no. Did you get away from your dumb love, love is, is blind? blind? Oh my god! It's, yeah. still, it's... I, I I was worried. I thought that that you you told me that. I was like, that's the end of our friendship. <laughs> I was really. I went to bed that night. I was like, uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm all caught up on it. Uh, we've got the the <laughs> wedding episodes coming up, so we'll see if they say I do. But I found a new show on Netflix called The Night Agent, and I highly recommend the show. The acting is meh, but like the, a, like a like a medieval night. It's no. So this is a story about an FBI agent who works at the White House in the basement, and the night agent sits at a desk with a phone you can't dial out it's just a phone that calls in and he's reviewing you know fbi case files but if that phone rings he's basically got a binder with you know certain codes that they look through uh to see what the gist of it is. so kind of the way the story is two people end up dying there's a third person at the house that the uh, spoilers dude come on i know the assassins don't know about and escapes and calls this night agent phone number and uh he says you know what's your password she reads it off a piece of paper that was given to her he tries to confirm what they need and uh, basically it starts this huge investigation you would love it because it covers like a whole conspiracy of somebody's a, a mole in the white house who's the mole All right. um why was there this bombing that happened uh somebody in the white house authorized it it was a bombing here in in on u.s soil in a metro uh so it's uh very very good i'd say the acting is okay the storyline is great highly recommend i'm like i've been binge watching it since yesterday I think I'm on episode six or seven. And if I wasn't doing this podcast right now, I'd probably be watching it. <laughs> oh, okay. That good. All yeah. right. Well, you know, you, you very rarely steer me wrong outside of that, that love is blind thing that you did. And so uh, I might, you might, you might be back in my, in my good graces. Uh, I am, uh, I, I just got into animal control which is uh it's the the dude from uh community very funny very very funny highly recommend what's community and, uh, community is a uh is a comedy from uh it's probably at least 10 years ago and it was like a community college mm. it's mb an nbc show and so it's uh joe hale is the dude from that uh funny guy joe and hale. uh yeah, really, really good writing, and uh, nothing, nothing too intense. Just, uh, just a lot of ha ha. You know, their their um, city animal animal catcher people. Is Joe and, Hale uh, this really old guy? No, 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 no. He's he's you know fairly fairly middle aged guy, and uh, he used to do this. I think that was him on uh, this thing uh... called Talk Soup. I recognize Talk soup, him. waving. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, 
it's funny it's fun and i'm still i'm still on season two of hunters which we talked about the, the nazi hunters so i don't want to i don't want to get into that too much now what's animal control there. on is this a netflix or? it is it is a oh man you're killing me i i think it's a hulu it might okay. be a hulu thing don't don't quote me on that it might be it might be a, a paramount thing okay so uh, anyway funny 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 show and i'm gonna i'm gonna skip beyond uh conspiracy theories stand by did you watch waco yet uh the first the first episode okay yeah i haven't started and i've yeah 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 so we we're gonna we're gonna tackle all that uh next episode um i'm crazy into all that uh i've i've read those books i i you know i i say i lived it I, i i lived watching all the news reports back in the day and uh yeah we definitely we need to put that on our on our we'll to tackle watch it, watch it together to, and then... to tackle next list let's let's every everyone everyone listening in let's get on board with waco because it handles a lot of government over overkill literally and i don't want to give any any spoilers and um we we, we covered some some mlk uh conspiracy stuff i want to i want to Fast forward for life lessons and just uh just overall we we got we got Easter this week we've got Passover any anything uh anything you want to yeah let me I'll wrap this up us. quick since I know you got to get on yeah. the road uh gotta get... tomorrow's Easter gonna go see Grandma uh, take her cinnamon rolls for breakfast be there for a little bit and then going over to the going to the wife's family for Easter lunch around two. So hopefully they'll have the Masters golf tournament on, so I'm not bored. Um, but I can bore everyone else with golf facts. So it should be a pretty good, pretty good little Sunday. Uh, that's rough, man. Watching watching golf, I've never I've never understood that. Uh, yes, everyone, like we've talked about before, spend time with family. Uh, you know, find get the eggs, mm-hmm. do the Easter stuff, do the Passover stuff, because. Uh, at the end of the day, conspiracy, history, current events, whatever, the time with the family, that's the most important thing that we, we, we always end on that. That's the most important thing out of anything. So Absolutely. thank you, everybody. Love you. Happy, happy, uh, happy Easter, happy Passover, and anything else that I didn't think about. Uh, Sean Esquire, I'm, I'm going to let you end it. And, everyone, uh, miss- yeah. I was going to say, ha- everyone have a good, yeah. safe holiday yeah. this weekend. And um, we will see you next week for episode nine. All right. It, it, regardless of your uh, fruity beer, I still love you. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Love you too. Take care. Take Bye. care, everybody. <laughs>